Hey, welcome back to What the Tech. Uh, in this episode, we'll actually delve into the future as we unpack what AI means for growth hacking. Now, my guest today is a wizard of AI and digital marketing with over two decades of experience under his belt. Yes, you guessed it, the mystical Tony Boomenglog. So buckle up as we dive into digital world of growth hacking for your marketing. Let's roll. So Tony, given that you're an AI wizard in the realm of marketing, do you have a magical saying that you can use to make clients uh, fall in love with all of your stuff? Because if you do, I'm signing up for your one-on-one course tomorrow. Um, yeah, so I think that I would probably use the words, uh, the magical saying, done is better than perfect. I think that goes really well with growth hacking is because you just got to get stuff done, get things shipped out without trying to dial things in too much too soon, just so that way you can start to get that momentum. So I think done is better than perfect. I've used that when I try to procrastinate too much or when things just need to get moving. Um, I think that's kind of like magic for me. So I love it. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a particular department that uh, maybe gets stuck up on, you know, the perfectionism? Would it be like marketing? I mean, does marketing typically do that or would that be more of a kind of a founder sort of thing? I think it's both. I think, um, you know, especially with marketing, trying to get the perfect uh, strategy and plans going, trying to get the campaigns going, trying to get all your, you know, content and, and targeting to where it's almost perfect and you're just basically procrastinating at that point. But I think with founders too, uh, there's things that we all know that we need to pull the trigger on and just get things done. doesn't have to be perfect. We could fix it along the way, but we don't do it because we want it to be good. And I think that's kind of like the, you know, uh, predicament that a lot of founders have is just they, they, they're very proud of their work. And, you know, instead of pulling the trigger and, and moving forward and getting things done, building that momentum, they want things to be more perfect. So I think done, uh, is better than perfect, uh, can apply to a lot of different things with marketing and, you know, growth. Let's uh, dive in for a second. I, I think most founders understand what growth hacking is, but for somebody who doesn't, like what would be your definition of, of growth hacking? I think uh, from like a high level overview, I think growth hacking is more of rapid testing versus planning. I think from, you know, growth hacking in terms of marketing, um, getting things tested and getting your audience to vote on, let's say an ad or a piece of copy or creative that you're testing versus trying to get all the research done, trying to get, you know, the target personas going and, and getting a nice and perfect plan to, um, make sure that your campaign succeeds. Um, growth hacking is just starting to test rapidly. Um, you know, in the next few days instead of taking a few months of getting that perfect plan going. Yeah, sure. An example of that. Um, just maybe, uh, hey, this is maybe one way that we did it that didn't include this, you know, approach that was quick and, you know, to the market to test. And maybe an example of, uh, you know, a situation where you went and you tested first and then you got better results from that. Yeah, this was um, a good example would, would be an app that I was VP of marketing for um, back in Chicago. And we were launching an app that was um, going to help a lot of uh, real estate agents with their connections. It was kind of like a networking app. And, you know, we had a choice. Do we just start to interview 
real estate brokers and get their feedback immediately, just set up a pilot program or come up with this uh, plan for marketing with social media and all the channels. And I chose to just, let's just interview these real estate brokers, get their feedback immediately before we start to go down this path of launching a go-to-market plan and not even knowing what that feedback loop looks like. So um, I set up some meetings with um, a lot of the real estate brokers in Chicago and they gave us their direct feedback. They were not shy at all. They're like, you know, this sucked. This was great. This, I, I will never use this part of the app. And it was so valuable, you know, instead of spending our time trying to iterate on something that we thought the market wanted and go and having this go to market plan that was more um, traditional in a sense, we were kind of just hacking our way into it. Let's just ask the people that we're trying to sell to what they really think about it and, you know, take the emotion out of it and get that raw feedback, positive and negative to iterate on the app. So we did that in a few weeks versus, you know, three, four month timeline. And I think that that changed the course of the app and it really gave us the feedback that we needed immediately. So I think that's a good example is that feedback of testing, rapid testing versus doing it traditionally where you launch and then getting the feedback. Yeah. I, I think that everybody needs to hear that because I, I think, um, you know, perfection can be the, the, the killer of, um, actual, you know, success a lot of times. And so kind of testing things is, is something that, um, I think a lot of organizations don't do enough of, right. Um, think about your, your target audience because people love to provide their, their feedback. They love to give feedback, especially if they think that this is going to help them execute on something that they care about. Right. Um, so I'm curious with your vast experience around tech startups, as well as a lot of big box brands, like how have you seen the deployment of artificial intelligence evolve differently in the area of marketing specifically for large versus smaller businesses? Yeah, I think for uh, large businesses, they're more focused on user experience and personalization and really getting deep on who their customer is um, and really having that, you know, high level, uh, high personal touch for user experience. For example, e-commerce brands, big e-commerce brands want to know exactly what you're shopping for, what you've bought in the past. And here's some recommendations to complement what you've bought recently. And just, they just want to make sure that you're user experience and the shopping experience is just very tight and personalized. And for smaller um, companies, I think it's more, instead of user experience, it's more user acquisition. So creating a lot of content, creating a lot of ads, making sure that you're getting that, that uh, you know, testing going and, and getting more people to convert um, is their priority. So I think that's the difference between large and small is that user experience versus more user acquisition to fuel growth. Do you think AI is going to have a big, you know, impact on that within the the coming six to twelve months? Um, absolutely. I think um, you know I was watching the Salesforce um, announcement when they were talking about their AI. Um, I think it's called Einstein, and they talked about you know personalization in terms of shopping, where they can, if you're shopping for clothes on an e-commerce store, they can take your avatar, put the clothes on your avatar and you can see. So instead of going to the brick and mortar store, trying stuff out in the fitting room, like you can do a virtual fitting room. So I think six months to a year out, like more and more of these big e-commerce brands, the ones that are, you know, very, um, um, 
that are just ahead of the game are going to start to test those kind of um, AI personalization and also with that kind of like virtual component to it. Um, but I, I see a lot of uh, AI um, e-commerce personalization already happening where, you know, they know what you've bought, especially if you're logged in in, the, in your profile, like they already know what you've bought and they're making some recommendations for you. Um, so I think it's already happening. I think it's just going to get more and more advanced um, in the next six months to a year. So when it comes to growth hacking, if you were to kind of say this is what it is, and you kind of gave me an example of that, but you were to say, hey, like if you were to prioritize these things, you're you're kind of in um, a growth hacking mindset. Uh, like what would you say are kind of those important things? Yeah, for a growth hacking mindset, I would focus more on acquisition. So rapid testing would be the next one and trial and error. And just optimization, um, instead of like what we talked about with large companies, they want to do more user experience with growth hacking. You want to get users as fast as possible. You want to test as fast as possible. You don't necessarily want to follow like, uh, you know, highly refined plan. You still want to have some kind of, uh, plan and a strategy and approach, but you want to do more trial and error and get things going as fast as possible. So growth hacking is just doing what you can with what you got. Um, and testing trial and error, getting those users in as, as fast as you humanly possible. And now, you know, as fast as AI possible, I think, um, that's the focus is that user acquisition for growth hacking. So going back to kind of just this idea of speed of acquisition, like one of the things that uh, probably everybody's not, you know, somewhat familiar with is, is the agile process, right? It's the systematic, you know, deployment of product and testing within short sprints, usually about two weeks, right? And they use that in software development. You're seeing it applied in a lot of different areas now. Um, when you're looking at growth hacking strategies, are you building your plan on a biweekly basis? Are you looking, you know, four, six weeks out, like when you're thinking about things and, and then are you adjusting as you go? Or are you trying to get through that, that, period and then adjust and deploy again like what what's your mindset when you're you're trying to kind of go to market and acquire clients yeah i think in terms of uh growth hacking for marketing especially digital marketing i use a week over week kind of frame and then also month over month and i call these kind of like the judgment frames for like a let's say like you're doing a b test for an ad you know giving it three days and then a week of seeing how it performs to a level of significance and then making some significant changes um, to promote the winners of the campaign and cut the losers. And then month over month would be the bigger kind of like judgment frame that view. So that way you can have more of a, a clear um, comparison month over month. So that way, you know, you're, you're minimizing seasonality patterns as much as you can or anything's anything that ha has happened uh, events wise to influence sales or user acquisition. So I would do the week over week for sure and month over month for sure. And then um, go from there. So, and obviously, you know, long-term strategy um, when you have enough data, you can start to do quarter over quarter and the year over year. But I would say, the weekly is um, a really good sweet spot if you're doing some growth hacking testing. Nice. So when uh, when you're thinking about like some of the areas of opportunity for AI in this space of growth hacking that maybe haven't materialized yet, is there anything that comes to mind? Um, I think that uh, you know there's certain industries out there that 
are maybe not adopting AI as fast as other industries. So I would say um, a lot of like the education industries, like more traditional education industries, I think, you know, uh, from my background, digital marketing in the universities, for example, they just would never be able to keep up with what's happening with actual digital marketing tools. So I think that creating the content and courses, so way digital marketers could keep up with what's changing in the landscape. Um, and because it's happening so fast, I think those are, those are the kind of things that I think AI would make an impact on. I know that some of the universities are banning AI and, and not really talking about AI because, um, it's, it's not helping people learn, but I think it actually would help people learn uh, to stay current and, and make sure that they're you know ahead of the game instead of falling behind. I'd be curious to uh, figure out what amount of actual schoolwork <laughs> is being done when it comes to what exists out there, especially the free tools. These kids are probably just writing their, their papers completely off of AI at, the, at this point. They're like, give me a, you know, an outline, you know, write it, make sure it's, you know, plagiarism free, whether you're using like a, a Grammarly or something like that. They're probably, is there an original piece of content or idea that's coming out when it comes to, you know, the whole, you know, stuff it into your brain, regurgitate it, you know, strategy that everybody has used since, you know, the dawn of time when it comes to just trying to get through a, a class. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, how many, how many, uh, college degrees has chat GPT earned in the past, like six months, you know, it's like hashtag thanks chat GPT for helping me graduate. I think, you know, in, in my day it was Wikipedia. Uh, we didn't have Google, like Google wasn't so like um, robust, but I remember we'd go on Wikipedia and and I, that's how I would learn. It was like a cliff notes for everything. But I think nowadays it's so much more instant. So it's really, it'll be interesting to see what's the percentage of uh, graduates that are actually using ChatGPT. I think, I think it, it'd be smart to, because then you get to get to your results faster. And at the end of the day, you're still accountable for what you're, you know, producing in terms of that output and learning. So I think that, um, you know, if you want to go the old school route and just memorize everything, I think that's just kind of doing yourself a disservice because you're just falling behind. So might as well use the tool like a calculator and get the result faster and then move forward and more advanced things and more creative things. So, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting if there is an actual, um, you know, research study that's done to see how much chat GPT, has influenced, um, current education. So I, I would, I would check that out. I mean, can you imagine at like, you know, let's say you had an acceptance speech or like, you know, or whatever, uh, that, that somebody says, I really want to thank instead of mom, chat GPT for all that they contributed <laughs> yeah. to the success of my, you know, college campaign. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's true. It's, it's very helpful tool, but yeah, I think, um, I think most of us can, can confidently say that it's very helpful. So I would think shared GPT for a lot of things that I've, I've done, um, recently too. So that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we deviated a little bit off the path there, but, um, you know, I, I think that there's so many things happening with AI right now and, you know, it's application towards whether it's growth hacking, marketing, you know, uh, evaluation. You know, I, I was, I was using a system earlier today, um, 
And I just said, hey, uh, pull out the uh, top 10 articles, you know, around this. And um, and then I, I was able to quickly research those instead of having to Google all of them, you know, and had the links on there. And so I just clicked on them and read read through the articles and things like that. And then you can take that information, you compile it in, in any format you really want. And so, you know, growth hacking used to be a thing uh, that people did. Um, and there was probably multiple steps to that. Well, I think with AI, the biggest impact is it will shorten the, the, the steps, right? Um, especially research. If, now that, you know, chat GPT-4 is actually pulling information from the internet and not using information that's back from, what was it, September of 2021? I don't even know if I have the right yeah. date, but I know yeah, it was 2021, right. right? And so, you know, when you look at that, compared to what it is now growth hacking is now a real thing. Like I, I, not that it wasn't before, but it is like anybody can do it. Like you can have one person sitting in a basement saying, I'm going to do this. And that person can produce exponentially more than they ever could. And at any point in time, like, like a hundred times as much, like when you really, now quality control is something <laughs> you should seriously consider. Like, like, are you putting good content out there? Are you putting good ideas out there? But the amount of volume, the actual hacking that is happening is incredible. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. It's light speed, right? So night and day from what we were used to before AI took over in terms of speed to create content, to create strategies, to create even, um, and that, you know, deep insights on analysis, um, for performance for an ad campaign, for example, you know, AI can do that now. So there's no reason anyone can't create, um, you know, a growth hacking funnel and start test, start to test rapidly because, you know, it's, it's there for everybody to use. So yeah, anyone can be as fast as possible. But to your point, the quality control is key. You still need to know, you know, you still need to know enough to know that it's actually producing the right kind of output because you, we all know there's people out there. They're just using chat GPT or whatever AI tool that they're using. And they're just cranking things out, not knowing what they're actually talking about. So like, that's the danger there. But if you know enough to know this is quality, then you could crank the stuff out all day, every day and be as fast as possible. And there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do any growth hacking activities. Like you mentioned, it's really the tools there for growth hacking. So I'm curious, where does one start? Say, Hey, look, look, I've been hearing about growth hacking for a long time. Yeah. And now, you know, AI is, you know, another component of doing that maybe successfully at scale and at speed. Like, where would you say, hey, start? Like, is it just go mess with the tools and figure them out? Or would, is there a course that you've ever taken that you're like, hey, man, this is fire? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, just thinking about um, our audience and people that are starting businesses or founders of high growth companies, I would start... Um, you know, th just jump in the pool. Like I have a saying is you can't read a book. You can't learn to swim by reading a book. You have to jump in the pool. So I would start playing around with the tool. I actually did a seminar for, um, a group, uh, and their, you know, leader asked me to talk about how, how does one get started? I'm like, for, I'm like, have you even downloaded chat GPT yet? And she said, no. And I'm like, that's where you start, <laughs> start playing around with it. And she's, she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know like where to, like, what do I do? I'm like, just start asking it questions. Like just get 
dip your toe in the water is really the best way to start because it is very intimidating. People are scared of it. They're like, I don't even know. I'm not a tech person. I'm more of a visionary, for example. And I'm like, you know, it's just like a tool to start playing around with it. Um, and I know that sounds super simple, but it's really what you need to do to um, get comfortable is to start to play around and make mistakes. So I would just dip your toe in the water, learn to swim, just jump in. And then I think in terms of courses, I've found a, a lot of courses, um, but they're super expensive. So if you're more on the budget conscious side and you don't have two, three thousand dollars to drop on an AI course, I would just go to the next best thing would be YouTube channels that are talking about AI um, content creators on YouTube. They're the ones that are producing the content the fastest and the most up to date. And you're going to get more, um, creative ways to do things anyway with YouTube, uh, channels. And you, you can learn that way. I think that's probably the, the best way to get started is, you know, to jump in, start watching some YouTube videos, no pressure, just start absorbing as much as you can and then play around with the tool and then eventually create some mini projects for yourself to get things rolling and, and really understanding the different types of um, tactics that you can implement. Well, hey, why don't you name drop some of the ones that you always share with me? And I know you may have, may have a tendency not to do that, but there there's some great creators that you always point to that um, are investigating AI, already were doing growth hacking, really are you know, uh, tech centric type businesses. What, what are some of the ones that you're just big fans? Maybe list a few so that people have an idea where to look. Yeah. So, um, there's a, there's a tool called, um, uh, sorry, it's called like, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. That's okay. You might have to cut this out. Um, <laughs> no, we don't cut out anything on here, man. Yeah. That's okay. I, think, I think it's, I think it's Opus tool. And I, I was looking at it the other day. Um, basically you enter in a, a full YouTube URL and you can splice it up and now you can create social media content for, um, you know, your social channels. You can take your own video and it will automatically, uh, act as a, a video editor and splice up all the highlights. And now you can create short form videos. As we all know, that's what the market is, um, going towards is that short form video. So it's this amazing tool for anybody who wants to save time. They don't really know how to video edit and you can just start to just crank things out as fast as possible. Uh, one that I actually uh, came across is called shine ranker. It's a pretty cool AI uh, video tool that has um, it also has a built in kind of for YouTube specifically, like what are some of the uh, keywords that are trending uh, but not necessarily difficult um, and it's specific to YouTube, but you can also develop AI videos in there. That's one that I thought was pretty cool um, that, that would definitely allow you to produce a lot of qual quantity. Um, again, the quality is going to be up to your, you know, checking things, but the, the quantity is definitely there where you could actually plug in, you know, um, uh, like for instance, if you're doing affiliate marketing, you could plug in, you know, 50 different websites and it would do an AI voiceover with whatever text. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Like when that gets to the point where it sounds like Tony B like, or Troy, right. That, that is going to be something that like, ah, man, like you can produce a lot of content in a very short amount of time. So I think there's things like that where if you're looking for it, you can find it. Um, so I'd encourage you just to get onto YouTube and, and start saying, Hey, AI for this AI for that. Like you potentially may have found 
our content here for AI for growth hacking. So, um, and we've done some other things, AI for marketing, email, um, SEO, and other things that uh, you can tap into. But at the end of the day, the learning process starts with you just taking the first step. And, you know, like, as you said, hey, you're not going to learn to swim by reading a book, you got to jump in the deep end and, you know, splash around a little bit. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just amazing how fast things are, uh, how fast these tools are, are enabling us to create and yeah, just jump in and start testing things out. And there's so many tools out there that you can't go wrong with just testing a handful. There's no like one tool that's going to be, you know, the magic bullet for everything. I think, um, test out a handful, you know, play around with a lot of the stuff that, you know, you want to try out and there's no harm, no foul. And I think it's now's the time to just to play around and splash around. <laughs> well, uh, Tony, I want to say thank you for coming in and uh, wearing your water wings today and splashing around <laughs> a little bit with me on this topic. And um, for those of you who are interested in more uh, topics like this, I would ask you, Hey, comment below, tell us what you're interested in hearing. Hey, I'll go test some things uh, and, and try them out on your behalf. Um, I'm even willing to spend a few bucks to do it. So if you're uh, kind of a cheapo and you're not necessarily interested in doing that, I'm doing it, investing in my future, and I'll give you, uh, you know, some feedback on what you think it is if you ask. So make sure you comment below and subscribe for future episodes. Thanks for listening and watching What the Tech. Talk to you soon.